Greetings and good tidings, everyone. This is Raymond Quinton, your host, uh, with the morning show here on Neighborhood News Radio. This is a new and our second installment of this uh, feature. I am your host, Raymond Quinton. I am also station manager, um, also music producer. I get to have a little fun here producing some music for everyone and also working with uh, this great uh, creative cast of characters here and um uh we had a great show last time for our first show and um and i was pretty excited about that and uh, as some of you already know um we've converted it to a podcast and so each of our morning shows will be converted to a podcast and we market them and promote them everywhere the podcast promotes the station the station promotes the podcast and we get a circular a circular firing squad of marketing. I know they don't use that kind of terminology, you know, at the agencies, but maybe that's why I, I couldn't work at the advertising agency for too long. I used a lot of colorful language, and in fact, I a lot of times I insisted on talking like a human being and, and not like, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, robots that they produce. You know, corp- corporate America kind of produces. Uh, you know, like minds, and they mold minds uh, to operate, you know, the same way. But anyway, I'm getting a little off topic here, so let me just sort of give you an idea of what we'll be covering today. Um, I do uh, want to sort of uh, continue with that theme uh, of uh, the evolution of, uh, of black people, especially people of color in America, in light of uh, continuing... Um, uh, protest, um, the continuing unrest, uh, especially in, in in the cities, and and I think it's 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 uh, it's appropriate at this time, at this junction, um, in this society. Um, I do want to continue on that topic of uh, mule to man, which is the um, which is the uh, title for one of my, my newest books. A book about um, it's basically it's a plan for uh, a new uh, African American um, or a new Negro Negro age, the evolution of a Negro society. Um, and uh, as I mentioned before, the title is still in progress, but the, the intent and the content is very, very, very clear. Um, and so we're going to read some passages uh, from a work in progress. Uh, the book is called Mule to Man. Um, or N2.0, um, a plan for um, uh, people of black people of African descent around the world, and, and in particular in America. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, about this radio project as well, too. It's not every day that, uh, that you wake up and decide that you want to create an internet radio station. And I've gotten a little bit of feedback, and a lot of people ask me, well, well what does, exactly does that mean? Uh, you have this radio station. What, what does it mean to run a radio station? And uh, a lot of times, uh, common thinking, not common thinking, but, you know, thinking, uh, you know, migrate to, uh, you know, broadcast radio station. And uh, there are some similarities. Um, however, there are a lot of differences. It's very different. So I do want to talk a little bit about that. And then we also want to continue to delve into uh, the topic of race, class, and culture. 
again, a very timely, a very important topic, and a topic that has always been um, uh, very important to me. And um, I also uh, wanted to, as I'm reading from my novel, uh, which is called The Pigeon Crime, um, I did the first installment from one of the chapters last year, and there's a lot of there's a lot of interaction between uh, black people and white people, and and there's a lot of uh, commentary on race, class, and culture. And uh, as I I told everyone in the, in, the, in the last show, last episode, it's an incredibly, incredibly mediocre, very preachy, and and it also dawned on me uh, that my first crime novel is a 600-page satire. Um, some parts are actually very clever, and some parts are actually very boring, but I think it's a pretty cool read, but very, very non-conventional. And so, uh, last, the last program, we, uh, read some passages, uh, and we had a little discussion, um, about interactions between, uh, black people and white people, and, and, uh, you know, that topic of race, class, and culture, and we'll do that, uh, again, uh, with this show, and uh, so um, looking forward to having that discussion with you. With you, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the features, uh, some of the some of the new features uh, that we have, uh, which will be um, which were produced by our staff, and uh, that will be uh, that will be broadcasting twenty four seven on uh, live three sixty five on our uh, internet radio station. Uh, we've got music, uh, and we've got uh, sat- satirical features, and we've got some really, really great stuff. And uh, along with that discussion about internet radio, I'll also be t- talking a little bit about about this whole production process, which is actually kind of fascinating, very, very interesting. And then we'll talk a little bit about marketing. So let's take a little station break right now. Uh, this is Raymond Quinton, uh, The Morning Show. Neighborhood News Radio, www.nnrpdx.com. And we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Neighborhood News Radio, the morning show with Raymond Quinton. If you like what you hear, you can leave comments for us at 503-592-0383. Again, this is Neighborhood News Radio. You're listening to the morning show with Raymond Quinton on Neighborhood News Radio. Okay, let's dive right into it. Welcome back, everyone. This is Raymond Quinton with The Morning Show on Neighborhood News Radio, episode number two. Uh, This is our second official month on the air, Um, even though we started developing this project months ago. So, um, I promised I, one of the topics I would get into was uh, how this station came to be. And um, I will say, I'll start off by saying that it's been in the planning for quite some time. I am a real radio buff. I, I love talk radio. I love uh, news radio. In particular, I love talk radio. And I've been listening to talk radio since the 80s. And uh, yes, I will confess, um, I listened to the conservative talk show radio host, uh, who will not be mentioned on this show. But I also listened to a lot of a lot of liberal and a lot of really interesting talk show hosts. Um, a lot of people uh, may not have been around or uh, may not remember. Um, um, 
a uh, talk show host in Denver, Colorado, um, named Alan Berg. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was a huge fan of Alan Berg. I listened to Alan Berg every day. Um, and uh, although this is a topic for another story, I was a librarian, <laughs> a corporate librarian for a long time uh, in Denver, Colorado. I was also a jazz pianist. And uh, my claim to fame is I opened for Dizzy at Union Station. Again, it's another topic of discussion. Um, but um, one thing that I love to do, I just, I discovered, actually, actually, it, it goes back even even farther than that. I had a little portable radio that I used to, that I bought um, when I got my first job. I was probably 16 or 17, and I bought a radio. Um, and I carried that radio around with me everywhere I went. I had the big headphones, and I just listened to the radio 24-7. And uh, I remember, and of course I grew up in Kansas. There weren't a lot of radio stations, you know, KJCK. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I loved listening uh, to the Farm Report. Um, and Swap Shop. Swap Shop was one of my favorite, favorite radio shows. You know, people were calling. They they got a couple of hogs. They got a tractor. They got a, uh, you know, they you know, they've got grandma. You know that they want to swap out who, whatever it was. You know, anything and everything. You know, uh, they would they would swap on Swap Shop, and so I would listen to that uh, with my mom on Saturday mornings. So radio has played a huge part of my life, but. Um, I do want to go back to Denver, Colorado, and um, uh, Alan, you know Alan Berg, um, because that was a very, it's a very eye-opening and exciting time for me as a young person just graduating from college and starting my career and discovering um, uh, Alan Berg and uh, and his talk show, and he was just so refreshing because growing up in Kansas is just so quiet and weird and conservative even though i met some really great people uh, really interesting people really enlightened people as i like to say it was just a really really hard place to grow up and and then i discovered alan berg and i listened to his show every day i eat uh, and and at that time i was exploring um you know career paths and i was exploring creativity because i i've always known that that i am have been and am a very creative person, and I just I, I like to just sort of see, you know, what I can do, how far I can go, how far I can push the envelope, and where my talents really lie, you know, where uh, art and, and things of that nature are concerned. So, I played the piano at the Bombay Club uh, for happy hours every Friday for a long time. Uh, met a lot of great musicians, including Jill Silville. Um, and uh, I used to play every Friday uh, with Rob Mullins, and so I got to know Rob Mullins pretty well, and we actually keep in touch. He's down in L.A. now, um, and it was an interesting musical time. Uh, and then I also uh, joined a radio theater group because theater has always been very interesting to me. Uh, as I, I mentioned in, my, in the last program, I love to do those things uh, that really um, push me way, way out of my comfort zone. And theater, is, of course, is one of those things. Um, and if you have the ability, if you know, if it's there, uh, and you have the ability to improvise um, and or to process, to uh, take information in and and recreate it, um, you know, your own version of it. Well, then, you know, that's a creative process. And, you know, and I've got a little bit of that. So I joined a radio theater group, 
and used to go to, after work, I would go to Greg Harris's house, and we would go into his basement. There were eggshells on the walls everywhere. Um, there, you know, there were about four or five of us, um, Sarah and, and, and Greg and a few others. I don't remember everybody's names, but, but, but Lawrence Pryor was there, and we were this really <laughs> odd, interesting group of, of uh, creative people in the basement. Eggshells on the wall, um, writing plays, writing scripts, doing satire, playing music, um, and having the times of our lives. And then every now and then we would do a live performance at the Mercury Cafe. So I spent a lot of time at the Mercury Cafe, a little creative hub in Denver, Colorado. And then I'd go out and prowl the jazz clubs, uh, which was a very thriving scene back in the, in the, in the early 80s. And I was part of it, um, quite accidentally, though, because I'm self-taught. Um, I've never taken a course. I just, as I as I call it, I, I bang on the piano until it sounds like music, and it just so happens Bill Evans is one of my favorite jazz pianists, and so I was hell-bent and determined to make some of my songs, <laughs> one or two of them anyway, sound like Bill Evans, and they did. So let's go back to the, the radio part of it, because there's, again, there's a whole... Uh, that's a whole side of my, my creative evolution, but the radio part of it was a really critical and really important part of it, and that part of it still lives very deeply within me today, and it's still a big part of who I am, and interestingly enough, a huge part of who I would like to be someday when I grow up. So, Allen Berg. Uh, I think everybody knows... A lot of people know the story, but I will remind everybody the story of Allen Berg. Allen Berg was uh, gunned down um, by a white supremacist group um, because uh, Allen Berg didn't take any crap from anybody. Um, and, you know, he was kind of an e equal opportunity abuser in a way, but he was also he was very liberal, very smart, very intelligent. And uh, when stupid people called into the show, you know, he read them the right act. And um, he developed, there are a lot of people out there, at, you know, groups and, you know, uh, fringe groups and people that uh, actually hated Allenberg. Um, but there are also a lot of people like myself who really appreciated having that voice on the radio. Um, I, and I was heartbroken, heartbroken when that happened. And I, I believe they've made a movie about um, about Alan Berg, and I really, really recommend it. Um, and I think it's called Talk Radio. Uh, I believe Mike Bogazian was in it. But anyway, you can send an email, and I'll correct it uh, with the next show. Um, but uh, I actually lived through part of that story. And I did, I actually, I was in the radio theater group, and, and I was devastated by that. And because all of a sudden, there was this huge voice uh, in the air, there was a huge void in the airwaves. I didn't have anybody to listen to um, for a few hours every morning. Um, I didn't have anyone who I could listen to and feel as if that voice was enlightening me, that I was getting new information, that I was processing, that was, that was helping me process uh, all the, the, the current or past uh, topics that I was challenged with intellectually. Um, and uh, Alan Berg was great, and, and he inspired me uh, to go on and, and be as creative as I wanted to be and not be afraid to have an opinion, uh, which as I talked about in the last show, 
too many people are too afraid to have an opinion and when people are afraid to have an opinion um, they go with the status quo they start repeating each other they start sounding like you know re like parrots we start sounding like parrots and we we wake up in the morning and we walk around and our brains the back of our brains are trained just to hear only the things that we want to hear um, and to me that's a cer certain uh, certain that is a, a, a kind of intellectual death and I have I believe that for a very long time and so that's how I know and I prove it every day um, when I look into the when I challenge someone on something and I see the blank stares like oh uh, you, well you know you're not the boss of me you know you know you're kind of rude and you know boy you're a bit of a pill aren't you and I can't really be friends with you and like and then and, 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 and you know it's like you know again come on people grow up it's okay to have an opinion it's okay to disagree so um alan berg was one person who inspired inspired me to continue in the radio theater i continued to do it for a few years um, after he was uh murdered and i even wrote a play which i will probably produce on this show i wrote a, a play about alan berg a tribute um, that i hope that we could have done in our radio theater group but um i decided that i'd had enough of denver and i decided that i was going to uh, get a one-way ticket i was going to quit my job get a one-way ticket and take people's express who remembers people's express take people's express to london england uh, to spend some time out of the country with my brother who was in the army in the military uh, he was a navy career navy navy person and then also uh, you know, my mother's side of the family also uh, you know, lived in London and uh, wanted to spend some time with, uh, with my, my uh, cousin Chris, uh, who is an accomplished musician there, and uh, some of my other uh, cousins and relatives and get to know them a little bit. So uh, uh, I just packed up Lock, Stock and Barrow and, and moved to London. Once again, that's another, another topic for another day. Um, but let's get back to the talk radio part of it. So that was in probably 1983 or 84. It was in the early 80s. And um, and I never forgot about that. So even when I moved to San Francisco and dove into the publishing world, I still listened to radio all the time. Driving, you know, whenever I just had a radio in my hand, I would tune in to NPR. Um, and then I, so I've listened to Tom Likas, I've listened to, uh, you know, every radio show host that there is, the conservative, you know, liberal, weird, uh, Dr. Laura, you name it. It's just all implanted in my brain, just waiting for the right moment. And, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, that right moment is here and now. Uh, a little bit more when we come back. Let's take a little station break. You're listening to The Morning Show on Neighborhood News Radio. Your host, Raymond F. Quinton, bringing you news, views, uh, talking about timely topics such as race, class, and culture in modern society. Um, if you like what you hear, give us a call. Send us a text, 503-592-0383. You can also go to www.nnrpdx.com or www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com Leave us a message Leave us a text Sign up for our email list or see ways that you can help support our station The Morning Show on nnrpdx.com 
So as I was saying, every, every radio host that you can think of, think of, I listened to, and there had to be a reason for that. It had to be leading up to something, uh, because, uh, you know, and again, it's not that I didn't have any, uh, you know, a career or didn't have anything interesting to do. I mean, my career has been incredibly uh, cool and creative and, and you know, kind of written books. I've, I've done some very, very exciting stuff. So, um, uh, but always in the back of my mind, I was always thinking um, in honor of Alan Berg and in honor of some of the great talk show hosts that I have listened to and, and what they have given me and offered to me. Uh, while I'm out driving or doing whatever I'm doing, yeah, I would be writing or producing something. In the wee hours of the morning, I would listen to talk shows. And, and that all continued to educate and inform me, even while I was educating and informing myself or creating something. And that was pretty cool. So then, fast forward a lot of years. I'm talking a lot of years. And I never stopped listening to the radio. I never stopped listening to talk radio. Um, I think of I don't, I don't know when Stephanie Miller came on the air. I know it was a long time ago, but I started listening to Stephanie Miller. And, you know, for a time I listened to Tom Likas a lot. You know, the whole Blow Me Up Tom thing was kind of cool, but, you know, he was kind of misogynistic and, and um, you know, he got a bit old and annoying after a while. And, but still, I loved a lot of stuff that, that he did, but I found Stephanie Miller. And Stephanie Miller opened up a whole new world of broadcasting for me. It was funny. It was interesting. There were a lot of sound effects. She had a great crew, a great team. She's got a great personality. And, and here's what happens, uh, what I find with people's voices. A lot of people have told me that I have a great voice. And I think because of that, you know, back in the days when people talked on the phone all the time, I think people actually would call me because they wanted to hear my voice on the phone. Now, it just so happens that everything that I've ever done involved a lot of phone time. I've done a lot of, uh, you know, publishing. And as a publisher, I did a lot of uh, advertising sales. And I would spend a lot of time on the phone with people I never even met. And I think the the voice has a, has a sort of mesmerizing effect. Uh, so anyway, I'm not going to. I'm going to stop talking about me. We'll get back to that. But I want to talk about Stephanie Miller um, as the last part of uh, of this topic before I move on, because I want to thank Stephanie Miller for inspiring me uh, to take this leap. Now I will say that the pandemic has created that opening and that opportunity because I listen to Stephanie Miller every day. Every day of the week, I even go back and listen to old shows, and I have for years and years and years and years and years. So, the pandemic created a bit of an opportunity, but I have been putting notes together. I reserved the URL, neighborhoodnewsradio.com, a couple of times. First time I did, like, five years ago. Uh, the next time I did a couple of years ago, and I've had it ever since. And every year I keep renewing it, thinking I'm going to do this neighborhood news radio thing. And I've been jotting down ideas. I have stacks of ideas for for skits, for satire, for topics. Um, and then I even wrote out a business plan 
uh, years and years and years ago. And again, as I keep listening to Stephanie Miller, and she keeps informing me and keeps inspiring me, and she's such a great, a great, great host and a great personality. And um, again, the sound of her voice is just very cool and comforting for me and, and reassuring. And, uh, and she's got a great soul. Um, and uh, just a f- fantastic, you know, well-intended, creative, awesome person. So I hope maybe someday I get to meet Stephanie Miller and maybe she gets to listen to this show. And if you haven't listened to her show, uh, then you can, uh, starting at 6 a.m. at WSP. WCPT Chicago, or just look for um, look for Stephanie Miller and FreeSpeechTV.org. You can you know just search Stephanie Miller Show, and um, you'll uh, really enjoy it and really appreciate it. And um, uh, I I want to thank her. So, but anyway, I'll probably talk a little bit more about Stephanie Miller at another time. But um, I think the conclusion on this particular topic, I will say that um, there is uh, something about uh, sort of uh, bonding, you know, with the personality and the voice of another person who you've never met, um, who you hear, you hear these uh, tones coming through your ear, and, and, and they sort of meld, you know, with your subconscious and with your brain, and, and, and you know, something happens. And I think some something very cool happens, especially when those people, those voices, are challenging you to think about things. And I and I, I think even more so, challenging you to think about things that can help improve your life, that can that can help you process the challenges of life better. Because you know, as I always say, you know, the, the, the I've been a manager, I've been a business owner, I've been a, you know an educator, and and the the truth is. That if you're not prepared every day to to um, to deal with problems that come your way, you're not prepared for the day because that's all the day brings you. A lot of times is problems, and I always say in conclusion, um, you know, the true test of our character is not is not how we handle things when everything's going right. It's how we handle things when everything is going wrong. When somebody disagrees with you, when somebody says something that you don't particularly like or that you don't agree with, um, when you say something really stupid and somebody calls you on it, are you willing to say, yeah, well, you're not the boss of me and I don't have to listen to you? Or are you willing to say, maybe that was really stupid and maybe I didn't think about that and maybe I'm not processing that? And that, that same thing comes with politics, with religion, with the family. Uh, with you know our intellectual discourse that we have on a daily basis, um, it has to do with race. It has to do with classes. If we're not willing to process anything, you know that comes our way, anything that we disagree with, or any even things that we agree with, if we're not willing to process anything. We might as well, I think, not even get out of bed in the morning because our whole day, our whole being, our whole existence depends on us interacting with and dealing with all kinds of things that come our way that are presented to us and we have to make reasonable rational decisions and if we're not willing to do that then we've got a problem so i want to thank uh, stephanie miller and alan berg two awesome talk show hosts who have inspired me to create this radio station now when i come back i want to talk a little bit about the process of 
creating this radio station because that's kind of interesting too. So I'll be back in a minute. Now let's do a little station break. You're listening to The Morning Show on Neighborhood News Radio. Uh, you can find us online at www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com. If you like what you hear or have uh, comments you'd like to share with, with us, you can text or email us at 503-592-0383. Or you can send an email to our station manager, Bob Simmons, Bob Simmons 1987 at gmail.com. Again, you're listening to The Morning Show with Raymond Quinton, your host, on www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. Uh, okay, the last part of uh, this segment of our show, I want to talk about the process of creating this station. Uh, as I said, it, 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 this is it's it's a pro, it's an idea that has been in development for forty something odd years. Uh, I'm not going to tell you my age, but I just want you to know that uh, I'm really really young in the heart at heart. So anyway. Um, and I spent two to three years uh, doing radio theater in Denver, practicing, training my voice, listening, doing a lot of listening, and um, and then I just I just have a desire. I've always had a desire to do a radio station, uh, create a radio station, and and for again those of you who are, who are learning uh, just sort of about my background and about me, I've started. I've always started business. I've been a business star. I've been a creator. Uh, you know, that's what they call us now. They call us creators. So I have founded um, close to 10 newspapers and magazines. Some of them have been, uh, you know, very successful. Um, so running a business is not, uh, you know, again, I almost it's almost kind of set a second nature for me. Um, and it's part of my DNA. It's part of my creative process. Um, because I have found that uh, my brain needs to be disciplined that way, um, but it also needs to sort of uh, run rampant in a creative way. But and then it also needs to have these creative tasks. So creativity, I create tasks for for creativity. Otherwise, they sort of sit in my head and fester and you know get all wonky. Um, so this is perfect. So I. Um, have been processing this idea. I developed a plan for it, and uh, it's a semi-business plan. Um, I've created a format. Um, I have I have trained my voice over many, 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 many years, and so this is a process of training my voice even more, um, and then learning the technology. Uh, this is an internet radio station, um, and. Uh, so there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of applications, a lot of detail work that goes into creating this station. Um, you know, uh, uh, creating the features um, is one thing, um, but then keeping it all organized and in order and doing the recordings um, is incredibly tedious and incredibly hard. I, you know, and I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't know it was going to be easy. But, but here's the thing: knowing that it's hard um, is great for me because I love hard stuff. 
um, in some cases the harder it is the greater it is for me um, because then I can sort of you know sort of push my creativity to its limits and again I think being able to create a spreadsheet for managing this station um, for tracking the marketing for tracking the features uh, using PowerPoint using Word um, using uh, you know building the website building all that stuff that's all part of my creative process and then the other part of that creative process is creating the content um, so um, there is a lot of people don't believe that uh, that business is a creative is a creative endeavor and I happen to believe it is um, I believe that people who run businesses and people who create businesses and people who are skilled at working with other people and inspiring other people, that is a creative process. It's not a business process. It's a creative process. But business, the business world has hijacked a creative process. And there are a lot of people who run businesses who have no... Should, not be running businesses so um, there's a lot of organization and I am doing uh, for our YouTube station I am doing some uh, some content uh, some process videos um, you know that I that they're, they're not open to the public um, but uh, only for subscribers so if you go to our YouTube page you will you will see that links are at our website at www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com and on our Twitter site um, and so I've been preparing this for this for quite some time, and sadly, and and luckily, and uh, uh, this pandemic has created an opportunity for me. So um, the process of creating the station has been a, a learning process, uh, and then also an opportunity to apply some things that I have learned over the years. Um, the last part of the equation, as I've said, is... Um, that uh, what you know while I'm learning again I'm applying what I've learned um, but there have been some experiences in the past that have led me to this point so now um, uh, we did our first uh, our first uh, unofficial official launch about two weeks ago and uh, now I'm delving into the marketing part of uh, you know building uh, this business um, and uh, as far as revenue for the business is concerned, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's going to be a whole separate subject because what I saw uh, in doing my research was that uh, the technology is here. And, oh, that's what I wanted to say was I got an introduction to marketing and sponsor development for websites uh, when I uh, tripped over one of the early smooth jazz radio stations called uh, www.smoothjazz4u. And I was hired as the... Um, uh, national sponsorship development director and at that time um, the, our host live 365 was in existence and people could they could build and develop their radio stations and they could broadcast but it was incredibly expensive at that time you had to charge they charge you for for listeners and those si listeners were called seats so every listener um, uh, the uh, service providers charge and it could end up being thousands of dollars. So if you had a popular radio station and you're playing, you know, music from other people, you could end up spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to keep your radio online. Uh, so, you know, the ROI for early internet radio stations just wasn't there. So, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But right now, live I, I've always known that the technology was here to broadcast 24-7. And so I want to thank our host... Um, our technology host, um, our radio station host, Live 365. 
I've known about them for probably 15, 15 years since uh, Smooth Jazz for You failed because they could not keep the station live for, um, you know, 24-7 essentially. Um, the marketing that we did for it made it incredibly popular and the more people listened, the more it cost. And the director who was uh, out of Cincinnati, a realtor out of Cincinnati, just couldn't afford it. So anyway, uh, we're going to jump right into our next uh, subject. And I'm going to do a little bit of reading for you uh, right after this message. You're listening to The Morning Show with your host, Raymond Quinton. If you like what you hear, send us a text or email at 503-592-0383. You're listening to The Morning Show. You can find out schedules and programming at our website at www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com, www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com. Welcome every, back, everyone. This is your host, Raymond Quinton. Um, you're listening to The Morning Show on Neighborhood News Radio. And um, so that topic of building this radio station is a fascinating one, um, and we could spend a whole, sh- a whole show on it. Um, uh, uh, again, all I can say is my market research has shown that while the technology is accessible today, um, a lot of people have built radio stations and spent their $14 a month, you know, for the very basic and end up playing music from other people all day long and abandoning their stations. So my goal here is to do it a little bit differently. Um, Fortunately, I am a writer, and uh, I uh, also uh, do voice work, and uh, I've got a lot of ideas. So anyway, (laughs) we're going to come back to this topic once again, but um, I think it's time uh, to sort of dive into that topic of race, class, and culture, because I think everybody's been waiting for this. So as I told you early in the the show, I've written an incredibly, incredibly mediocre um, but incredibly deep and intense novel called A Pitch and Crime. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it was published many years ago, and I usually sell them when I do readings, and I sell a few online. Um, but I wrote it with the intent of just sort of, you know, venting um, and experimenting. And, and as I said early on, it dawned on me that it's actually a satire. And, and there's some really actually quite clever stuff in here. And the, my whole goal, and my... So, goal still is um, to create a, uh, a performance reading uh, event called Party Like a Writer and as again I, I talk about this a lot and I've got a whole plan and I've got the, one of the cheesiest powerpoints you will ever hear with you know race cars and sounds and all kinds of you know again it's like the most tackiest thing you could build with powerpoint but you know what that's what gets people attention and then to use all of the books that i've written all the subjects that i'm passionate about and all the the subjects i think other people are passionate about and and do a performance reading that will include also music and um i'm totally in the funk music i've been dj and so as you can see you know that kind of gives you sort of a snapshot into what this presentation would be like and I actually prototyped it at uh, Clyde's. It was called Pirate Party Like a Writer Preview. And uh, we do what I call an alternate mini lit fest. Um, and uh, so we piloted the program at 
at uh, Clyde's in their back room. I rented their back room. I got champagne for everyone, and and we had a great crowd uh, there. We had music. We did presentations. There was dancing, and uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, I'll tell you more about that another time, too. So let's get into race, class, and culture. So in this book, A Pitch and Crime, uh, there are there's a lot of interactions between um, uh, black people and white people in particular. Um, the chief of police is white who has a, a black um, lieutenant that is working with him on this murder case. And uh, they have a very uncomfortable relationship because they're sort of feeling each other out, trying to figure out sort of where they're at. The young lieutenant, black lieutenant, um, is, you know, kind of, kind of intense and, and uh, doesn't like to give out much information. And, and the, the detective, or the chief, um, is, can be a bit testy at times, and, uh, uh, and, and the lieutenant never really knows what's going to come out of, the, uh, out of the chief's mouth. And so he's very cautious, and, and, and they have a really tense relationship. So in this particular scene, they've actually sort of broken the ice a little bit, and so they meet at a bar that used to be in Portland, Portland called the, uh, um, is it the, the, the Rose and Thistle? I forget which one it was. It's no longer there. Um, but it's a great scene. I really like the scene, as I told you. It's a really wordy, preachy, mediocre satire book that has some really great scenes and some really clever writing. So anyway... Um, all my books are available on Amazon. There's about uh, seven or eight of them. I forget. But anyway, I've got a few that I'm working on. So I want to read this interaction between the lieutenant and the chief of police. They met at this bar, and they just had a couple of shots of a really expensive um, uh, whiskey or scotch. Or, yeah, scotch. And this is the interaction. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get started. It starts out with... Um, the chief asking this young lieutenant after they've had a few drinks um, sort of probing a little bit okay so chief says uh, okay you know let's just go back here all right let's start here okay so all right so chief says now th Okay, alright, alright, hold on one second. Okay, so. Now that, that Paulson, Grimsley, in, in a, the chief's name is Grimsley. Now that Paulson, Grimsley interrupted. Not that Paulson, Grimsley interrupted. How the hell are you? He pointed a finger at Paulson. I'm, I'm okay, Paulson answered sheepishly. He wasn't sure how much to tell. Well, how's your wife, your house, your family, your friends? It's customary in our society uh, to participate in, a, in small talk about our lives before diving into business, for those of us who have personal lives anyway. Already feeling the effects of the first drink, Paulson sipped the drink this time instead of gulping. Well, sir, Donna, that's my wife, is doing fine. Uh, she's a registered nurse at OHSU, right? That's right, sir. Been there a couple of years now. Uh, she's African-American, isn't she? Um, of course, sir. 
Paulson replied, seeming offended by the implications. Uh, you sound uh, put off by that question. A little, Paulson replied. Nowadays, that question's not so unusual. It's almost expected. Uh, what with everybody marrying everybody else, uh, there's a lot of cross-cultural craze going on right now. White guys vowing only to marry Asian women, white women swearing off white men, Hispanic men who will only marry white women. Uh, it's quite an interesting development, don't you think, Paulson? Well, yes, sir, I do, Paulson started. Uh, the cultures are blending, and cultural identities are being blended and, and lost at the same time. Well, you sound like you have a problem with that. Well, I do. Paulson hesitated before continuing. I think there's some comfort, some security in races sticking with their own. Black culture is not what it used to be. The support networks are broken and, and we've lost our sense of family. I see, said Grimsley. So the black community no longer uh, goes to the same Baptist church and sings the same old Negro spirituals they used to and talk about how oppressed they are and happy they are to have their own community that's uh, isolated from the rest of the world like inner city reservations. That's some, a simplistic, racist view. Well, it is, but so is yours. If I wasn't mistaken, I'd say that deep down inside, you are a closet racist. Well, that's not true, sir. I, I just believe we should s stick to our own kind. Paulson, Grimsley said, I've heard too many clan members say the exact same thing. That's bullshit, sir. It's not the same thing. Ooh, show your fangs, Paulson. Don't hold anything back. I call it like I see it, but it's not bullshit. I've spent enough time around white people and black people to know a racist when I see one. You are not a classic racist in the sense that you don't want to round up all the white people and ship them back to England. You're what I call a reverse racist. You want all the benefits of the society, but you think we should all be separate. You're an equal, but united and separate racist. Paulson laughed. So did Grimsley. That's funny, Paulson said. If you put it that way, there's some truth to what you say. I can't deny the benefits of assimilation. Well, you mean Borg-style assimilation? <laughs> they laughed again. Paulson was warming up to Grimsley. No, not quite like that. I mean, acting, thinking, seeming part of this culture, but at the same time, maintaining our identity, Paulson said. Oh, you mean like the Chinese and the Russians and the Eastern Indians? Yes, like those culture, cultural groups. Problem, Paulson. Paulson, what's that? African Americans don't really have a culture. Well, I don't agree. Af African Americanism is like Catholicism, a loose set of rules to identify everyone as associates, and not everybody follows the same rules. With black culture, you're born into it. Your skin color gets you in the front door. After that, all there is is the victim mentality, Negro spirituals, fried chicken, diabetes, dolomite, superfly, Michael Jordan, uh, rap, a form of dialect called Ebonics, and, he said, and the pursuit of white women. Jesus, Grimsley, Paulson said, shock. Your brand of social theory doesn't have much room for logic, does it? Well, so tell me I'm wrong. What is black culture? Grimsley prodded. Well, it's a sense of community, of feeling part of something special, unique, something for young people to identify with. I rest my case. Paulson did not answer. Instead, he sipped his drink, looked at Grimsley, who was staring at him intently. All right, Grimsley. That sense of black community may be as nebulous as a sense of white community, 
And this, the reason white people are so angry is they're also trying to hold on to something that doesn't really exist and that they don't really own. What's that, Paulson? You either aptly or offensively portrayed black culture. Now it's my turn. Fire away. White culture or Bubbaism is clinging to an Anglo-originated religion, bowling, skiing, operas nobody gets, Camaros with loud mufflers and mag wheels, duck-billed caps with farm implements on them, bad teeth, cancer, Volkswagens, cluelessness, hanging out in expensive restaurants talking about absolutely nothing, incest, pedophilia, and here's where you really stand corrected, white women in pursuit of black men. I'll be goddamn, Grimsley said. Paulson, you may be an African-American, but you're as sharp as they come. They laughed together and ordered another green, a drink. Now that we've broken the ice or made it thicker, Grimsley said, what have we got on this young girl with a taste for intrigue? Okay, so, so there you have an excerpt from my incredibly mediocre, um, very preachy, but uh, um, incredibly creative um, and intense and, and thought-provoking uh, crime novel, a pitch and crime. So, you know, let's just sort of dissect that interaction because it is incredibly appropriate uh, to what we see happening in society today. And what's happening in society, what's, what's not been happening for the longest time is that there's not been this kind of dialogue uh, between black people and white people. Uh, there's been sort of this uh, sort of superficial uh, you know, sort of quiet acceptance of the status quo, and then people back off to their corners and, and hate each other uh, or misunderstand each other. And, uh, and, and what, what people of color, especially African-Americans, have always known is that this undercurrent of racism is always there. So this, within the, the confines of this book, I have been dissecting of uh, that construct and I have been creating these relationships uh, that I believe you know sort of can exist uh, they can exist if people are not afraid um, to be vulnerable these two characters it just so happens are vulnerable in a very cautious sort of careful way but again it doesn't matter how you know the level of vulnerability is not really the case but if you're willing to confront you know, those racist ideologies or those, even those ideas that you know are racist, um, but you're afraid to talk about them, you're, you're afraid to process them, um, and so you never process them, so, you know, they fester in there and they become part of who you are. Um, and, and the only way, the only real way to process it, these ideas is to talk about them. Um, you know, you can't go to movies can't watch movies you, you I mean you can read books as I said in my last issue and, and then you can process on your own um, but in, it, there's nothing nothing quite as uh, even reassuring and nothing quite as freeing as being able to um, you know sort of set these ideas out there and talk about them and come to an understanding these in this scene which I think is a, an incredibly brilliant scene these characters are coming to an understanding um, because uh, the black lieutenant has uh, has some uh, preconceived ideas about an older white you know police chief and the older white police chief is very um, is actually very clever and very wise and and um, holds uh, his cards pretty close to his vest 
um, but you know when he puts it out there he puts it out there so that's what's really cool and this takes place all throughout this book it's pretty awesome so again uh, pitch and crime by raymond quentin available at amazon uh, you can order the ebook or the print i happen to like the prints because it's a great it's a great paperweight but as i said there's some incredibly clever stuff in this book and i'm come i have come to the conclusion uh, that it is actually a satire so the secret's out it's a satire but a very important satire um, and since I am a clever, clever, genius satire writer, everyone should read this book and, in particular, explore this relationship between, you know, um, between the characters um, because I think it's very revealing about um, race, cl class, and culture um, and very relevant to what's happening in the world today. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. You're listening to The Morning Show on Neighborhood News Radio. You can find more information about our schedules and ways to participate in our programs. You can go to www.nnrpdx.com or www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com. If you like what you hear, you can also text or email us at 503-592-0383, 503-592-0383. Um, leave a uh, voice message or leave a text for us. If you have ideas, if you have ideas you'd like us to produce, uh, then contact us, 503-592-0383. Again, you're listening to The Morning Show with Raymond Quinton on Neighborhood News Radio. You know, um, welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Raymond Quinton, uh, on The Morning Show here at Neighborhood News Radio. One thing I'm always amazed with is how fast the time goes by. Uh, when I'm uh, recording this episode, I, uh, uh, the last episode, uh, I mentioned something about <laughs> doing 45 minutes. The next thing you know, it was an hour and seven minutes. So um, I, we're actually um, uh, getting close to the end of the show here. I, I, I'm going to try to keep these shows to about an hour because I produce uh, uh, close to three hours of content. Um, for every show it's a lot of content and it's not just content um, uh, I write I write all the scripts and I do all the recording I do all the engineering I do all the production I do all the editing I do all the music um, I've uh, even produced uh, music I produced whole songs now even though I will say this and this is uh, I'm getting better and better at this I usually only do one take of every recording. But again, it's still a lot of content, but I only do one take. I don't like to redo. Uh, so I try to nail it on the first time around. So when you listen to some of these features, um, some of them are actually improvised. Um, and uh, our talent we try to do, I try to encourage all of our talent to only do one take and not do no, 10,000 takes. So um, when you listen to... Uh, Bob Simmons, who's an incredibly talented. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the features, the new features we have, and talk about the, again, the production. So Bob Simmons is incredibly talented. Bob Simmons does at home with Bob. Bob does not use a script. And it's pretty phenomenal what Bob manages to create. This last feature, uh, Bob does a feature on uh, things you can do with a glue gun at home and it's uh, quite amazing 
Uh, we also, uh, and then some things we do use scripts and we, we also read. So uh, the writing segment, uh, we have the writing storm, which I'm, I'm hoping that at some point uh, we have contributions from uh, freelance writers and, or journalists who want to read from their works, uh, completed works or works in progress. And we'll do audio enhancements. We'll add the music and sound effects and things like that. But check out the Writing Storm episode two. First, first installment was pretty rough, but you know what? Again, we did one take, um, and that's all we did. And that was kind of that was kind of a thing I wanted to do for the you know for the first show because I wanted the show to be uh, you know kind of gritty and a, a bit raw and things of that nature so uh, almost all of those features were done one take um, uh, music was produced one take uh, we didn't do a bunch of you know redos and redo segments um, and I play all the instruments you know on uh, on the songs and we do them in one take and they're not all just pre-programmed tracks I can tell you that right now but here's the deal we're getting better and better at it and I you know I've done a lot of tweaking with the engineering here because we would get a lot of background sound and and that there would be uh, some things you were not very clear I'd get distortion but we're getting better and better at the production and at getting uh, the voices uh, clear and getting all the distortion out of the background so uh, let's just talk about some of the features because we're just about out of time here we've got uh, episode two of the writing storm smells like envy um, action audio reading um, and again that's another one of my books um, my second memoir book called The Writing Storm. And again, we'll feature other people's, uh, other writers um, as soon as we start getting contributions. If we don't get contributions, well, I have 10 books and I'm writing more books. So, you know, and they're all pretty cool. And so, you know what? Um, the cool thing is, and that's the real challenge again with, with internet radio, is that if you don't have content, if you don't have new and fresh content, you know, you're kind of screwed because uh, it's just not going to be very interesting. We will always, I promise you, always have fresh and new content. I guarantee you that. So another episode, At Home with Bob. Defending your right to carry a glue gun uh, or Klebe Pistola. Um, and then we have a second installment of A Hole in a Pickup Truck. And uh, again, I'll give you, you get a preview on how that came to be, but it's just out rock and rageous. Uh, Jamaican Starship Captain is just a, just a superstar. You got a bunch of heroes in that one. And then check this out you got a funk song by DJ Franklin. DJ Franklin is finding his footing, a funk song called Baby Bootsy 23andMe. And let me tell you, it is a funky song. And as I said, we try to do all these songs with, with one take just to kind of, you know, reduce the processing. Everybody's got a life here. They got other stuff. And nobody wants to be engineering one song, you know, for, you know, 10 days. And then uh, really kind of a sensitive, you know, little musical style song um, by yours truly called Every Day is a Great Day to Be a Writer. We got uh, No Teat Food, a little reggae. Um, then, of course, the morning show. And we are going to still keep the old programming in circulation because some people haven't heard it all. As I said, there's so much content uh, that you would literally have to listen for three hours in a row um, or even eight hours in a row because it's kind of broken up to hear everything that we produce. So we'll keep adding to our content. And so that way, the more content we have, 
that's uh, that we produce that's um, broadcast 24/7, and, and it's it's run randomly, and except for the specifically timed programming, which I've set up the pro- new program to run at the top of the hour, throughout that hour, uh, from 6 a.m. until 2 p.m. After 3 p.m., all content is run randomly. So if you listen in the afternoon, you could hear anything. Um, and that's kind of fun too. But um, if you do want to hear specific programs, go to www.neighborhoodnewsradio.com. Click on the schedule tab, and the most current schedule will always be there. And then also it's posted at Live 365, but it's a little hard to read. I can't really figure out a way to get that text to not run together. So, anyway. Um, I think we're going to come back to Mule to Man and some readings from the new book, Mule to Man, but we're kind of out of time. Again, I kind of get, uh, I get excited. I get uh, sort of wrapped up in these subjects, and, um, and I think you'll agree. They're all pretty fascinating, but uh, um, uh, we are at the top of the hour, uh, so I'm going to conclude our show. I want to thank you for joining me this week. Uh, my name is Raymond Quinton. I am the mastermind behind NeighborhoodNewsRadio.com. I am also the writer the editor, the scriptwriter, the doctor, the lawyer, the marketing person, and I try to keep this crazy band of creative people under control here. And they are a handful. It's like herding cats. Fortunately, I've got the I've got station manager Bob Simmons to help me out. I've got music producers. I've got a whole just great cast of characters here. They're all incredibly talented. I want to thank them. I want to thank Stephanie Miller for inspiring me. I want to thank Alan Berg for inspiring me. And again, we're going to have have a great time here. Um, And we're going to do a lot of great satire. We're going to inspire you to laugh, to think, to dance. Um, And if you like what you hear, please do uh, send us a text or give us a call. Leave a voice message, 503-592-0383. 503-592-0383. That is our Google phone number. We got one of these Google phone numbers. Uh, I think more than 10 years ago they keep trying to cancel it but uh, we keep using it and as long as we keep using it then we get to keep it so anyway everybody be safe out there be healthy we're in the middle of a pandemic and uh, it doesn't seem to be getting better Um, but we hope that uh, this station can offer a little inspiration for you Uh, give you some things to think about give you a little hope make you laugh laughter is great medicine so anyway thanks everyone for joining us Uh, We'll see you again in a couple of weeks.